0: there. This is Ashley, and you're listening to the Motherhood Unfiltered podcast. I am so glad you joined us this week. As usual, our topic is about real life, unpolished, imperfect, and unfiltered. I keep it real so you can too. I don't take it for granted that in the little bit of time you have to spend on yourself each day, you choose to spend it with me. So let's get ready to be refreshed, to laugh a little, maybe cry a little, <laughs> and celebrate all the things we face together as we discover our purpose in and out of motherhood. If you love me and you love this podcast, then I have something else you're going to love. Go to my website at ashleyhenriot.com and check out my store. I have the cutest items, teas, tanks, stickers, and even my favorite coffee cups. And of course, free shipping what mom doesn't love free shipping, right? You'll find my message of empowering and encouraging women there as well. And because you listen to this podcast, I'm going to give you, my friends, a code to get 10% off. Use code love10 and get 10% off your whole entire purchase. I'll link it in the show notes for you as well, sister. Why don't you guys go over and hop on Patreon? You're going to love it with more bonus content, free goodies, discounts, and so much more. And for only $5 a month, we get to connect in such a way that we wouldn't be able to on Motherhood Unfiltered with Q&As, happy hours, and even book clubs. I can't wait to see you over there. You guys, today we're going to be speaking with Kimball Lewis, who I'm really, really excited. Funny story. He was supposed to be on Motherhood Unfiltered a while back, but you guys know Life Happens. If you follow me, I've moved numerous times. God's doing some interesting things in my life. So here we are. We are going to have an amazing interview. Mr. Lewis is an executive who has spent his career using research and technology to improve the lives of his career as a health, welfare, and child policy researcher for a leading public policy think tank in Washington, D.C., I just moved over there, so I'm really excited about this. He then served as a technologist and executive in a series of successful healthcare startup businesses. Mr. Lewis joined EmpoweringParents.com as CEO in 2017. At EmpoweringParents.com Mr. Lewis is committed to ensuring that the timeless and practical parenting advice of the total transformation endures for future generations of parents struggling to manage the most challenging child behaviors. And that's what we're going to be talking to him about today. Mr. Lewis resides in Florida, USA. Whoop, whoop. My husband's from St. Pete, so we are in love with Florida. It's our forever, hopefully, retired home. We will see and his wife with their two teenage sons. I'm super excited because if anyone's going to talk to us about managing certain difficult childhood behaviors, it is going to be him. And so he's going to give us insight in that and some practical tools. And we're going to dive into that conversation. Mr. Lewis, I'm so glad you're here. And I'm excited for what you're just not going to give just my listeners, but for me as well, because the reality is, is being a parent is hard. And what does that mean, right? We just say it's hard, but there's so many things that play into that. And so I'm genuinely listening as well as I interview you. Would you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and your passion, and what you're going to talk to us about today?
1: Well, you've done a you've done a great job introducing. <laughs> you, so I don't have <laughs> too much you. more to add. Other than okay, great. Other than we're you know. Our website's empoweringparents.com. And yeah. we're the home of the Total Transformation Program. And which what is, a is child, that? It's a, it's a step-by-step guide program. It's, it's audio and video and, and workbook stuff. And it's, it's a step-by-step comprehensive guide on how to deal with child behavior problems. And okay. it's, it's, it's very specific. It tells you like what to do in certain situations, how you deal with backtalk, what works and what doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I've um, looked over it a little bit and I looked over the whole strong will child part of it yeah. because I have mm-hmm. one of those. And it's like, I was reading it and doing some research. I know for me, you know, those children tend to be really good leaders. So it's like, how do I not knock him down and redirect (laughs) him? But also I'm the parent. He's the child, you know, like, so giving him control, but not so much control. And so
1: there's a, there's a great meme out there that says I've, I want to have an independent, strong-willed child, just not <laughs> while I'm raising him. <laughs>
0: so true. I'm there. I so. am there. find it very specific. And I feel like that's really important because I don't think that there is one solution to an, an overall problem. I think there's, yeah. with parenting, there's different situations and different raising. And I found the website and what you do very beneficial for any parent, any season with their children. And you're going to talk to us about some
1: of those things. Yeah, so, we have some core principles that, that guide us on all of this stuff, which I think would be helpful for parents to, to understand.
0: Yeah. Do you want to talk about some of those core principles?
1: Well, uh, fundamentally, the, we we view kids who have behavior problems, such as like backtalk, defiance, motivation issues is whatever. They're, they're trying to solve problems in their lives because these are like, especially of an adolescent, they're, they're facing things in life they haven't faced before. They have like, they're dealing with complex emotions they never had as a toddler, you know? They're dealing with, with, they have responsibilities now. They've never really had responsibilities before. And they're dealing with social interactions. They have to now deal with adults and do other stuff that they're not very good at. And each of these things presents problems in their lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're not sure exactly how to, how to address those problems. And very often, they resort to defiance and backtalk and inappropriate abusive behaviors to help solve those problems. Like, like, I feel uncomfortable. I don't want to do my homework. Like, I'd rather be doing something else. I don't want to do my homework. You can either do your homework and figure out how it is to get your homework done and then problem solved, or you can yell and scream at your parents and refuse to do it. And then eventually they might give up and stop trying to push you to do it or whatever. And that will solve your problem too. So it's a a lot of these behavior and acting out things are what we would view as as immature problem solving skills, which in the short term actually work, which is why they do it. But in the long term, sets sets themselves up for very, very poor problem solving adult skills. And when they go out in the real world, they end up. They end up having a hard time holding jobs down or or what we see very often now, they don't actually go into the real world, they stay home. And you'll end up with 25-year-old kids living at home. We still haven't figured out. And that's a that's a big issue too. So we see it as as your pro your most of this acting out as your child trying to resolve some type of problem or issue and they're not doing it effectively. Right. And so our, our program addresses how do you deal with the child when they're when they're doing that.
0: Right. And so, with that and trying to problem solve and That is such a valid point. What we tend to do, because they don't know how they're feeling, right? Or they don't know, they're introduced to these new emotions, whether it's rejection, frustration, anger, whatever. They lash out. Instead, I think that's super common of us using that as a teaching opportunity for our kid. We're like, okay, how are you feeling? Let's work through that feeling. This is identifying it. So in the future, they can work through that. We punish them. What When we punish them because they are being disrespectful, right? I've been guilty of this and I'm not happy with it. And my childhood was super tra- traumatic. I was, I had, you know, I had a very dysfunctional home, so I'm not the common home, but there were aspects um, that were common in the realm of like, well, you didn't, say that you didn't act that way when you went in public you put a smile on your face you know there was just like that whole you act this fear driven punishment mm-hmm. and so you learned i learned as a child to bottle down those emotions rather than dealing with them and i struggled as an adult i mean that's one consequence for me yeah. personally but what would you say the consequences are to not really diving into that realm of teaching your children how to deal with their emotions
1: take a basically two pronged approach one is if they're acting out and abusing others and being disrespectful or hurting others because they're not feeling well, first of all, I have to make sure that those behaviors aren't rewarded. So they don't, they don't actually get what they want by doing the acting out behavior. Mm -hmm. And very often they do like, let's say your child's supposed to be doing chores and you have set chores, but they, but they, they argue and argue and argue. And finally you give up and and you throw your hands up You go, it's not worth it. I just do it myself. They've learned that the acting out got them what they wanted, which is they don't do the chores. So you have to, you have to make sure that the inappropriate behavior is not rewarded. Right. First of all.
0: So I am, I'm a strong-willed mama. (laughs) That's me being nice. Yeah. And my kids have chores. This is a personal preference, but I'm always self being self-aware in the realm of like, am I expecting too much? Where could I help them succeed? What can I motivate them to do for chores? Plus I was an educator. I have kids who are good kids. I love my kids. I'm proud of them, but they do it. They don't want to do it, so their attitude affects their performance, right? So they like they have to clean the bathrooms. They clean the bathrooms, but they suck they have, at it, and they have, because they have a bad attitude at it. about it, yeah. And they fight with each other. They do. They bicker because they don't want to disrespect their mama, so they take it out yeah. on each other.
1: Yeah. that's my house if, every day. If, if they're it. if they're actually not doing the job correctly, like we would recommend that you that there is some consequences. Like if they if they're not allowed to play electronics until the bathrooms clean the bathroom's not cleaned up to reasonable standard, then they don't get their electronics until the bathroom's cleaned. Right. If they if they complain about that and the attitude, we tend not to worry about the attitude so much. That's them just dealing okay. with the discomfort of it. So we're like, if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, their attitude problem will eventually deal with it. And very often, the reason they're doing that attitude thing is they're trying to get you. They're trying to get you to react. and and so so a lot of a lot of this a lot of what we want to do is when we have a kid who's using behavior problems and acting out to try to get out of doing stuff or solving whatever problems they have is as a parent not to react to it because they're doing it to get a reaction out of us very often and if you don't react it stops working so that so that's the two things like you want to make sure those behaviors don't work anymore for them they're not effective for them and then we and then and when things are more quiet or calm down coach them a little bit so like the next day say you know what it'd be you know your life's going to be easier if you just Get the thing done and out of the way. Maybe maybe clean the bathroom earlier in the day like, where it doesn't bother you so much and it's done and out of the way. You don't have to worry about it. Just Right, like you're working them with them.
0: It. Yeah, you're not right. like coming down on them. So it's not like, you're not dealing with the problem solving. Like we have a rule in our home. Do what you need to do first so you can do what you want to do. Exactly, yes. Um. So they feel like they have control. If you decide you're going to wait till later on to do that chore or if you continue to not want to do it the right way, well, you're taking away your time. You're not taking away, I'm not taking it away, you are. So, I know in that realm we use that, and I always tell my husband because men, I no offense, but they tend to have this don't disrespect me, right? Which we shouldn't disrespect our parents, but just like the talking aspect, as in moms, I'm more compassionate towards he's mad, who cares? Choose your battles as long as he does Mm it, he can be as mad as he wants, as long as he does it and he does it right. That's my mentality. My husband's more like. God love him; he's the best dad in the whole world. But in the realm of like, no, you don't talk to me that way. And I'm like, wait, I don't think he's doing it intentionally. And so you have, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know when I'm frustrated, I my husband can touch my shoulder, and I could be like, I'm frustrated at the computer. But then he takes that as like so personal. I think a lot of parents do that. Wouldn't you agree? Like, if a if a child is working, it goes back to working through through those emotions. Here's here's the question: It's like okay, you're frustrated and you're allowed to be frustrated, but how do you express your frustrations without taking it out on that person?
1: So we talked, right? we have an article on this and, and and in our, in our total transformation program, we talk about wh- when, when do you ignore the behavior and when have they crossed the line? Mm. And when they cross the line is when it becomes like verbal abuse. If, if, if your child is yelling F you at your husband, right. I'm not doing it. That's he's crossed the He's
0: crossed the line.
1: Crossed the line. But
0: if he's just if mad, eye rolling,
1: eye rolling. If if you completely 100% ignore your child's eye rolling all the time,
0: they're gonna do, they'll it. Stop do it.
1: They'll, or they'll stop, do stop doing. it. they'll
0: stop doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It'll die out of neglect.
0: Oh gosh, I love just ignore
1: that. it. ignore it. The eye roll and the parent like explodes because like don't roll your eyes at me and yes, just, just ignore it. They did. They do that because they know it gets a reaction out of. Out so of just
0: you. ignore it. That's apply, so good.
1: Apply your consequences. Yeah. Always apply your consequences and you want it to be effective. It's not punishments, it's consequences. There's a consequence for not getting your work done, which is you can't do your, you know, like you said out, you can't play your electronics or have your free time until your work's done. So right. just be very consistent about your consequences. Yeah. And and eye rolling, little stuff like that, complaining, just ignore it. Yeah. You know, you know, we have we have something that we we tell parents. And this is one of the first introductions I had to the Total Transformation Program before I got involved in it which is you don't have to attend every argument that you're invited to.
0: <laughs> Write that down.
1: <laughs> you don't have to attend every argument that you're invited to. And often with kids who are fighting with you constantly, fighting is their technique to solve the problem and get out of it. And when you, and when you disconnect from the fighting, they're just left standing there where they can argue with themselves just well, to make sure you're applying consequences for the behaviors they're they're either doing or not doing and then you can you can step away from the argument say i'm not having this argument and you actually disconnect and you walk away yeah they'll follow you they will follow you
0: i was gonna say i was like gonna ask you okay so let's talk about that scenario yeah what are practical parenting tools or techniques in regard as of that? Like if they do follow you, if it starts to go to a 10, if they're trying, you got that strong willed, if you're trying to get a child who wants control of the situation, control right. of the person, what are some of those things that you could share with
1: us? You know, we, we recommend if the child's old, you know, this, if your child's five or six, you know, like you can't just leave them, but if they're an adolescent, you get in the car and drive away. Say I'm leaving. We're not having this conversation until until you can speak to me respectfully. We're not having this conversation. Yeah, and and you need to. It's it's hard. But when you're in this situation, I know we all take it personally. But when you're in this situation with a child doing this over and over and over again, you need to treat it as if you're like in a work organization, like 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 a good work organization, or like you have an employee boss disagreement. Like when it gets to the point, people screaming at each other, like that's not good. Like that can't be acceptable in a workplace, and you can you can say in our home we don't talk to each other that way. And until you talk to me more normally, we're not having a conversation.
0: Right, and, and by think, the
1: way, the consequences apply, and and they they still apply. Yeah, so,
0: and here's the thing I love about that too. And what came to mind is if you join in the argument, or if your level gets up there instead of you walking away, what yeah. are you teaching your child in ha- communication? Right, yeah, so we it's, yelled it's, in our home, so I I had to yeah. stop. I have to catch myself not yelling. <clears throat> This is motherhood unfiltered. So I like I tend to want to yell and scream and go to that level and, and because I'm frustrated and because of what was instilled in my childhood. And so what would you what would you say in that? Like what so, are the tools you would
1: give that? So A, I would tell you you're totally normal. You're like every other parent that wants to yell at them. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and but at B, we also point out you're getting dragged into a power struggle with your child and that you should be the authority figure in your household, and you don't mm-hmm. have to have those conversations. And then C, if yelling, and, and we just point this out, this is, it sounds matter of fact, but, but when you're intimate into it, parents need to understand this. If yelling and screaming worked, we wouldn't have any parenting problems. You just yell and scream at your child and problem would be solved.
0: Yeah. If, you have any,
1: if you have an easy child, every once in a while you can yell at them, and then they stop doing what they're doing. But those are not, that's not who comes to us. We have People that come to us or having behavior problems. And if yelling and screaming worked, all of our parents have tried that over and over and over again. It doesn't right.
0: work. It doesn't and work.
1: If, and if they're not good at yelling and screaming, you know, James Lehman, who was the original founder of the Total Transformation Program said, if yelling and screaming worked, I, you know, you just send your child to me and I'll scream at him for a week, charge you, you know, like my, my fee, send them home problem solved next week. I'll scream, but it doesn't, it doesn't work.
0: And does. So let's just say, so, let's just get that out there. Like it's not even the realm of like, 'Cause you'll hear a lot like, Well, I just don't want to do it. It makes me feel bad. But it's just the simple fact that like it just isn't working. <laughs> like
1: it doesn't are gonna work. have it to doesn't... take a
0: different approach. Yeah, you can take a
1: different approach. Yes. Yeah. And if you do yell and scream at your child, forgive yourself for it, because we're all gonna break you can't be you can't be perfect. What you're trying to do is doing the right thing most of the time. Yeah. And and the yelling and the screaming is not gonna solve the problem.
0: Right. And yeah, we want to raise, you know, pretty decent adults.
1: Yeah. And we're going to get upset, but you just need to realize that the yelling scream is not going to solve the problem. So
0: another question I have for you, I have all the questions, but one is when you get angry and you want to scream because it has now become a habit. Yep. Your child is acting out. Behaviors don't change in one day. Right. I, and you know, your child, let's say if your child is in an adolescence, you can drive like, Hey, we're not going there. I'm not going there. You're not going there. I'm driving away. If your child is younger, you can't leave the house. And they're still trying to figure out all of the things. Because don't underestimate a nine-year-old. <laughs> or even a five-year-old trying to take control of a situation. And they throw the, the biggest fit, right? What would you say? Like if, if a parent feels like the frustration's rising up. And the reality is, is, in a motherly perspective, we beat the crap out of ourselves when we go there. And we don't feel like we succeeded in any way. <laughs> but at the end of the night, we're like, oh my God, I'm, a, I'm now you now i like, I know the feeling of feeling out of control. You're out of control. Are we trying to control them? Or are we trying to uh, take power back?
1: Well, there's, um, so, there's, this, there's a lot in your question here. So there is a lot. There's a couple things and I, I'll, you, you, this is perfect. Cause you set me up for a couple of points. I want to make good. One is, one is there's a lot of guilt as, as a parent, but from a practical standpoint and from reality, you're not responsible for your child's behavior. Your child is to remember mm. that it's your child's behavior, not your behavior. So you're responsible for your, your reaction to it, but don't blame yourself. Like I didn't raise mm. them. right. remember you want it to be effective. You have to make sure that you're holding your child accountable for the behavior and don't beat yourself up over it.
0: I've never heard that before. Just so you know.
1: And, and I see this in schools too. We, we totally disagree with this statement, which is that the schools have to start holding the kid, holding the parents responsible for the kid's behavior. And we go, no, yes. no, 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 no. We go, no, 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 no. no. And we we tell parents to this when they're having kid problems, kids at school. When the when the school tries to tell you that, say, no, 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 we're on the same page. I have a problem with my child's behavior too. Let's together hold this child responsible for their behavior. Wow. There's only one person who can solve the child behavior problem. That's the child. It's it's like I, I explain this to people like, I can't go to the gym and work out for my child and get my child in shape. I can't do it for them. They they have to be the there's only one person they can learn better behavior skills. And that's the child. So you have to make sure that you keep the responsibility on the child. You want to coach them. You want to do everything you can, but it's, it's there. And it's not your responsibility. It's your child's responsibility. And that gets rid of some of the guilt. It makes you more effective as a parent. And yeah. that's what we're getting at. Like what's more effective? Like don't beat yourself up and blame yourself. Put the accountability on your child. We personalize their behavior, even to the point of when your child looks you in the eye and says, I hate you, mom, F you. We get that a lot, right? I hate you, mom. Do you have boys or girls?
0: I have three boys and one you girl. You have three
1: boys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bo- boys have more like breaking stuff issues or whatever, but we've, we've just noticed, you know, it happens all over, but but girls are the ones who will say to their mom, I hate you, mom.
0: I wish you weren't my mom. <laughs> yeah. I wish or Vanessa's wish mom yes. was my mom.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So the other thing, and we have, we have parent coaches that when you do the program, you can sign up and talk to one of our coaches and we'll actually talk you through this stuff. It's very effective to try to not take that behavior personally. When they're saying F you, I hate you, Right. It's a behavior problem. That's their behavior problem. It's not about your relationship necessarily. Like it's not right. It's not that. They're trying to they're trying to draw you into a fight, make you feel guilty, trying to whatever. And and you just want to view this as a behavior problem. They don't quite know how to to deal with this difficult situation. So the way they react is by saying, F you, mom, I hate you. Right. And and likewise, and this is really important. If you view it as a behavior problem. It's that much easier to offer your child grace six months later when they improve and not right. hold it over their head that they said, F you, mom, I hate you. Because if you're looking six months, a year down the road, and you're still remembering and it, and it just burning you that they said, I hate you, mom, you, can, you can't offer them grace. So, so viewing it as a behavior problem, it just solves so many problems. One, it allows you to actually to address it as a behavior problem. And B, it, it allows you to offer them grace and forgiveness later on when they actually improve. And we see so much improvement. Like these are not lost causes. The things that parents are going through, especially with their adolescents, they get better.
0: Right. I think the power too so, is in not taking it personal.
1: Not taking, yes, I and think it's hard. that
0: that escalates yep. the anger within you.
1: It does. And the, another, can I keep going on this?
0: Yeah, so I've, I've won, I won, want you to.
1: <laughs> well, one more, one more point about about how to like make sure you don't explode is the parents that are coming to us that have parents that have. The, kids with the behavior problems it's didn't happen once it's happened dozens and dozens it's happened over and over and over again that's why they come to us so we know it's going to happen again we know it and if it doesn't happen again perfect you're like the problems are solved but it's (laughs) going to happen again for sure so what we do is and through the total transformation program and working with our coaches we put a plan in place as to what we're going to do the next time they do it and you know they're going to do it again Right. And when, you, and when you have a plan in place, you know what you're going to say. You know how you're going to react. You know when you're going to disconnect if, if, and walk away if necessary. You have that script. It's, it's like you're prepared. And if you're prepared, you're not going to freak out. Or, or your likelihood of freaking out goes way down. Right. And that's what we want. So, so when you go into these interactions, prepared ahead of time, here's what I'm going to do, then it's, it's a much calmer situation. You're basically executing a plan at that point. And if you're executing a plan, you can be like much more calm about it. And actually working with a coach is great because then you can like talk about how it went, you know, what worked, what didn't work. And it's possible it's working. You just haven't done it enough because sometimes it takes time. These these are, these are deep held behavior patterns that kids have. And it takes them, you know, sometimes a few weeks to like get over it. And it could be you're doing all the right things. Just need to stick with it.
0: Let me ask you a question along with that. What do you believe in preventative behavior? Let's say we have a listener who's... And I know I'm going off base here a little bit, but the conversation is so good.
1: Just saying. This is fun. I could talk all day about this. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I've, I'm like, he's got this. Here's my right. thing. What if we have listeners, their kids are four, three, four, five, and they're they're just showing little testing, normal, common, what toddlers mm-hmm. do. We, we all did it. We all, that's just our, that's our DNA. What do you think of preventative measures? Like, do you believe that they can help prevent some of these outraged behaviors? Can they be caught at an early age?
1: I'm going to say yes and no. Okay. Yes. When you have, we have several articles on our, on our website, empoweringparents.com about dealing with tantrums, younger kids, tantrums and stuff. That's where some of this stuff starts, but how do you react to a tantrum? Mm -hmm. And often the best thing to do is not to react. Just let them do their thing.
0: Yeah. You have people that tell you to ignore it. And then you have people that tell you, you know, we live in what they call which I think has been around forever, but they call it gentle parenting, right? Yep. Um, and they it's harder
1: it's harder when it happens in public. But go ahead.
0: I was going to say they tell you <laughs> they tell you not to ignore it. So you have three well, listen, you have three dynamics. I hear that ignore it whether you're in public if you're not whatever just ignore it or exit the store if it's like a public setting and be like idea. we're not going yeah. back we're not going back in the store until you learn how to behave. And then you have the second you deal with it, we're going to the bathroom. You're getting spanked spanking. We do not act that way. And then you have the third realm where it's like, well, you get upset and this is the gentle, this is what I've heard. You get upset. So, you know, you should let them get upset and hold them and hug them and be like, it's okay. I know you're so frustrated. What do you think about those? I guess it depends on the child, right? I guess the
1: personality of the child.
0: I'm going to be honest. I've done all three.
1: Yeah, we all, we've all done all three. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's fair. If your child's 5 and they're overtired and they're throwing a tantrum, here, here's one little bit of advice. I tend not to and we don't recommend where you say what's wrong? What's wrong? Cuz I often don't know what's wrong. They're just overtired and they're right. throwing a tantrum or whatever. And when you and they're actually and when you say what's wrong, now they're like they're might be slightly panic like my parent doesn't even know what's wrong. I feel bad. I'm not sure why I have these emotion things going on as opposed to the parent saying you're overtired, go to bed. Mm-hmm. And sort of taking on the mm-hmm. role of authority. Now, if your child is in pain for some reason, obviously you want to know if there's something wrong, like, you know, my belly hurt, like it really hurts or something. Like you'd want to know that. But in general, what's wrong is pretty usually obvious. They're either overtired or they're not getting something that they, they want, want. And, they don't, and they don't know how to react to that yet. They're being right. inappropriate. So right. where they're and hitting their like sister, it's like, you can't hit your sister. You just can't. So, so you're going to go and-
0: Right, and, and I feel um, like some childhood behaviors relax. can be triggering to the parent let's say they, they are acting out and it triggers something within the parent that makes them angry, which goes back to that. I think trying to control the situation, it triggers an insecurity. And so.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of burnout in parenting too. So they might also be like, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I want to talk about that in the realm of mamas. So I want to talk about the struggles of motherhood and parent, you know, Just in general, not necessarily like in this question, specific childhood behaviors, but just like what are some steps that moms can take and dads uh, control of their parenting and feel less stressed while doing it? Like just some practical overall, when you talk about burnout, what are some of those things that we can take to not Feel that way. I mean, you're gonna feel that way sometimes if a kid is sick or there is right. certain there is a behavior that's just deep, like they need a lot some help, right? Because they can't figure out certain emotions. But just overall, like what are some practical tools to help them avoid that burnout? To avoid uh, that. We, we
1: always ad- we always advocate self-care, which is take care of yourself. You need some time off. You need to, you know what I mean? Get a babysitter or do, do something. You need like you need to. Give yourself a break. Again, and, and go back to the thing, don't take responsibility for your child's behavior and don't take it personally are big things. And when you can kind of-
0: When you take on that, that can burn you out, right? Like exactly. that can make you hate parenting.
1: Yeah. I yeah. mean,
0: you're just walking around like, I suck at this and what am I doing? And just make you feel overwhelmed, right? When yeah. you take and, and your
1: child it will figure out that you're taking responsibility for it eventually. And actually your child, this is the worst case scenario. Your child starts to believe that the, that their problem is because of you that's a bad place to be. They they enter adulthood thinking they're messed up because of like, they don't have any control over the situation. So that's, that's a bad place to be. Some parents don't hold their child accountable and their child starts to feel they're defective. Why is everyone else held accountable? But I'm not, I must be defective. Yeah. So all, so all those things are, are important, but the self-care is important and
0: not taking responsibility, not,
1: not taking responsibility and make, make it the accountability of your child. So
0: Accountability for your children and to yourself is so valid. Yeah, It's so important.
1: We have this uh, concept of catastrophizing, which is part of the reason why we take it personally. It's like you see, you see your child who's nine not behaving well, and another term for this is futurizing. And we like, wow, if they can't do this when they're nine, like what are they going to do when they're forty?
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
1: Right, and it's a work in progress. So
0: yeah. So, but
1: we do that. We like, oh my gosh, how how can this child make it in the world when at nine they're behaving this way? The answer is like, it's a. This is a work in progress. A lot's going to happen between nine and forty. So, so we want to we want to get the futurizing out of there. Don't don't take this and just draw a straight line as to where they're going to be, you know, in prison ten years later. So work
0: in progress.
1: It's a work in progress. And, and this is tied into not taking responsibility, not being guilty over it, and just realizing your child has behavior problems and to address them. We all know, we all know families and parents who have three kids, two of them act reasonably well and have, have adjusted oh fairly gosh. well. And one of them is a problem.
0: Did the, you see did you the take parent, about it every day.
1: <laughs> did that third child who's having a problem, like did they ship them off somewhere else and someone else raised them? It's the exact same parent. If they didn't have the third child and was only the first two, you'd think they're the best parents in the world. But now they have a challenge. Some kids are just challenging. It's their nature. They're challenging. It's, their not, your nature. It it's so not your fault. It is so
0: true. It's not your fault. I'll tell you what. I have no problem with that, in all honesty. Like, I always, I make a joke. And then, like, my fourth child is our daughter. And I was like, if she was my first one, I would not have any more kids. Like, <laughs> she purposely was supposed to be my fourth child.
1: Yeah, God's way smarter than that, right?
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know?
1: He I, he, to told, he had a,
0: like, he has a sense <laughs> of humor.
1: He's telling you to stop too, probably.
0: <laughs> oh my, well, he did because we were going to have like seven. We were uh, like, yeah. <laughs> we're going to just give our kids. And then I had her and I'm like, no, we're done. We're done. <laughs> yeah. So I could talk to you forever, but I want to respect your time. And I have one more really fun question because I want them to find you and I want them to get to know you. And I know that you have so much valid information that parents not just want to hear, but they need to hear in the culture that we live in. <laughs> like we need to raise decent adults.
1: Yeah, we don't. So what I'll leave you with is that we don't believe there's such thing as a perfect parent. We're not trying to get perfect parents. What we does that mean, perfect the, parent? We have this concept of the good enough parent. They're decent. They want the best for their kids. And and very often when they have a child that that's, happens to be a child that has behavior things, they just they just need to understand what's effective and what's not. And we lay out what's effective, what's not, and how to apply the effective things well. And if you're a good enough parent, the vast majority of the time you can the situation will improve dramatically. These kids have so much, so much potential and and um it's not it's not lost causes. Like you just need to be a good enough parent and we just help you. And then most of these parents are all good enough parents. You know, it's this is not a you know, if you have a child with a behavior problem, it's not don't kill yourself over it. So right. and beat yourself I... up. I mean don't beat yourself up over it. So
0: Right. I, I want to add on to it. As a prior educator, I dealt with children with learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. And with that came some behaviors.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we get a lot of
0: and that. And the parents aren't, don't have the tools. Some of them did not have the tools. Some of them were single parents. They worked all day. They couldn't use the tools that we gave them. And I'll never forget it as an early educator. I was in the principal's office and we were having a meeting, and I'll never forget what he said because we tend to want to be mad that the parents aren't on the same page with us sometimes. As educators, we're like, We're giving you the tools and you know they're coming to school and it's frustrating. And we can sometimes mix that in the realm of like, well, do you even care about your child? And I'll never forget what he said. And he said, All of these parents love their children, they love them. Yeah. They don't sometimes they don't know how to parent them and sometimes they just can't and they sometimes they don't have the resources and they don't know any better but they love their children that is something we can all agree on we all love our children (laughs) even when we mess up even when we're not the perfect parent even when our child is super difficult and and that is their nature but we love them and that can be the motivation to just do better just try to do better You may not, you may agree with this because you deal with coaches in your position, but I would joke around with some parents and I would be like, well, I go to therapy. So if my child ends up in therapy and that's it, is that that bad? If my child goes to therapy, okay, well then I, everybody needs to see a therapist. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is the standard Mm -hmm. that we want for our child? Like, why are we so? hard on our ourselves and we take those things personally and we take that guilt on when our child doesn't behave in the way that we want them to and if we want them to behave in a certain way and we want that perfect child what goal is that for and as an adult like ask them they need to ask themselves that and so i can't answer all of the parents questions because i'm not the great mother. I, honestly, it's like, I joke around, like I'm going to change the title of the podcast because I'm not that good of a mom. Okay. I just <laughs> yelled at my kids the other day and set them in front of a screen, which is totally fine by the way. Yeah. But yeah. So where can everybody find you?
1: So we are at empoweringparents.com. We're also on Facebook. If you just go on Facebook and go empowering parents, we're there also on Instagram. But EmpoweringParents.com is our website. We have hundreds and hundreds of free articles. You can read our articles. And that's also where you can sign up for the Total Transformation Program, which streams online. You can start it immediately. And you can also sign up for coaching and you can sign up for a call and talk to one of our coaches.
0: Well, I really thank you for what you're doing and the message that you're spreading and the value that you're adding on to parents' life. Like if anybody needs it, now is the time. We live in a world that we need those resources and I'm so grateful for you and doing what God has called you to do. But I want to get real personal, okay? <laughs> because that's what I do. <laughs> but Mr. Lewis, I have to ask you this. Okay, in your spare time, because you just have so much of it, right? You just have so much free time. What is the show that you are watching right now? Don't be afraid, don't hold back.
1: Can I say two?
0: Oh my gosh, yes.
1: Okay, so right now, well, we're actually watching a show called Alone. I'd never watched that before, but they draw people off in the middle of nowhere. Oh my All my by gosh. themselves. I have heard of that. And it's a contest to see who can stay there long. So they have to survive yes. physically and be able to find food and stuff. Not there for like two months.
0: I watched it, or, or isn't yeah. it like the show where it, there is no timeline? Though it's like there's the, no whoever The last, last person is, yeah. and the last and it, season was so freaking amazing. And they have to kill the animals on the land, right? Exactly. That was so. I thought that it was going to lose boring,
1: like, but they lose was like a hundred pounds, like they. Yeah, it, and it's. And psychologically, you watch their psychological downfall as they've they've been completely alone for like many weeks.
0: It's like a real version of Castaway.
1: Yeah, right. It's very fa- it's fascinating to watch.
0: It so. really is. Well, just the skills that they have. But then, no, they are
1: they, these are like survivalists, so they, they do okay. like a lot of really cool stuff.
0: I could talk to you about that show so. in general, but we're gonna we're gonna promote it. Here's the thing, okay? So the last season was amazing. Those people were freaking amazing. I thought they were gonna be there forever. I went back to watch the other seasons because the last season they did was like the first one I watched. And then I was like, I got to go see the all the other seasons. So I went back and the second season was a f- hilarious <laughs> because there were people there for a day and they heard bear. No, they thought they heard a bear. Right. And they That's called. Right. They were like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. To, I can't do this. Yeah. And then their whole like introduction was like, I'm so tough. And I. Haunt. And I do all these things. And then the first night they are there and they like, they can't stay. and I'm laughing my butt off about it. I'm just like, yeah. it's okay. It's okay.
1: <laughs> it's so weird to sit. Do you look at all the contestants and you look at who, what you think is going to be the tough person, <laughs> but but you can't see what's inside them. No. And, and people emerge after a while. And you're like, wow, that person's amazing. Like you just don't know. Like,
0: Oh my gosh, I've been wrong. This ain't the bachelor. Let's just say that. Cause I have no. been wrong about who I think is going to win. Like
1: wrong. So, and the other show we, we watch we have, if you came into our house some weekend, chances are we're streaming the office. Cause it's on 24 seven, just runs over and over and over again. I don't even know what channel it's on now, but some channels usually has it. And we're just streaming the office. So I've, we've seen it from beginning to end probably several times,
0: like several times. So it so, never gets old when I stream, like if we're laying in bed and we're just like, let's watch a quick show before we go to sleep. It's the office or big bang theory. I'm in, I'm such a nerd. I'm like a secret nerd. I'm like super cool. And then like the secret nerd. But the office is amazing. Honestly, yeah. I think that's what we may be for Halloween. I'm just saying. Like dress all my kids up as somebody in the office. We would have the best costumes ever. Yeah. Right? It's so relevant. Mm-hmm. The office is relevant every single year. It's hilarious. All right, Mr. Lewis, I will let you go. But this has been so fun, informative, and amazing, strong, bold, all of the things. And I hope to have you on motherhood unfiltered again. I'd love to. But yeah, you guys find him is on, he's on Facebook and there's a website with free articles and they have coaches so you can get contacted with somebody to help you with your own specific difficulty that you may be having with your child and let's raise some decent adults and not take so much responsibility for their behaviors. All right, Mr. Lewis, it was nice talking to you. Thank you. Make sure to go visit my website at AshleyHenriott.com where you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in Motherhood Unfiltered, I would really appreciate you dropping a rating on iTunes and maybe encouraging a friend to join us too. I'd love to see you on TikTok or Instagram where I keep it real (laughs) in the reels. (laughs) Be sure to tune in next time. And thanks for listening to Motherhood Unfiltered.